0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Curzon Film Podcast. This week we're discussing Italian crime drama Dogman, as well as hearing from the film's writer and director, Matteo Garoni. I'm Sam Howlett, and Dogman gets its title from uh, our lead character who uh, earns his money by uh, grooming dogs. And we're joined by a man today who earns his money by grooming large bodies of coastal water. It's Alistair Bayman. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hello. Hello.
0: Okay. Uh, we're also joined by two people whose surnames don't work with this joke. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Ryder and Kelly Powell. Hello. I, I fought so hard on the train about what I could do with you two, ride man. I, I felt like it was coming, so I'm surprised. I'm surprised I was surprised. I thought everyone it. was going to get uh, one. Yeah. Uh, Just, you, yeah. I, I thought. I thought about it, but um, I mean. Yeah, if uh, uh, Ride Man, what would
1: you... No, do you know what? We know who the true valued her <laughs> podcast yeah. contributors are here. The one that get big names, let's, let's just forget about it. <laughs> so
0: after making a name for himself with the gangster flick *Gomorra*, Garone changed his course with the fantasy anthology Tale of Tales. Uh, and this week he returns to the underground crime world of Italy with Dogman, which stars Marcello Fonte as a gentle dog groomer who becomes involved with a violent boxer who terrorises the local neighbourhood. Um, before we hear from writer-director Mateo Garone, uh, guys, what your, what's your background with Matteo Garone, and what were your initial thoughts after seeing Dogman for the first time?
4: Uh, I mean, as I brought to him, like, obviously through Gamoire, because that was, like, the the darling of, of cinema, like, for a few years. Mm-hmm. But then when I approached Taylor Tales, I was like, what's this? I didn't know it was directed by Garoni when I, f- I first went to see it. And then at the end, I saw directed by Matteo Garoni. And then I went back and watched reality. So I've kind of done it in a weird order. Mm-hmm. I always seem to do directors <laughs> in a weird order. I don't know why this happens. But, yeah, I really I really appreciate him. I've got a fond... Um, fond love for italian neorealism. so any director that goes to approach italian film in that kind of classical sensibility i'm always on board for
1: yeah i'd say the same i mean i've only seen gomoro by um by garoni before but uh you you can tell with him that he's certainly got a a really good visual sense. Um, he's he's a really kind of accomplished filmmaker and when he does release a new film you feel like if he gets the um, if he gets the narrative right and the narrative suits him as a filmmaker then it's really going to, you know, it's really going to look good at the very least. And uh, I think with Dogman he's he's managed to marry the two yeah. really really well. So mm.
3: This is the first one I've seen of his. And um, what
1: was your initial thought? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was very very beautifully shot film. I really loved the grade. Strong, very strong story.
0: All right. Uh, so, Alistair, you had the pleasure to sit down with Meta a few weeks ago. I Do did you want to introduce this for us?
4: Yeah. So this was this was a fun interview. It looked like he didn't understand a word I was saying when I was like talking to him, <laughs> but his answers are really articulate, and it was yeah, it really went well. Ended up talking about Roma and Manchester City, but that's a sad <laughs> promise, so yeah. Is he a Roma fan? He is a Roma. Oh, fan. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. A very, very adamant Roma fan. Nice like that as well. Nice. Yeah.
0: Great. Well, here is Alistair Bayman talking to Dogman director Matteo Groni.
4: Hello and welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast, where today I'm joined by director of Dogman, Matteo Gironi. Mm-hmm. How are
2: you? I'm fine. Thank You're you.
4: Good. Um, so, yeah, I watched a film the other night and I was kind of very curious and wanted to talk a little bit about the setting of the film um, mm-hmm. because it's obviously set on the outskirts of Rome, isn't it?
2: And it's, uh, it's close to Naples. Oh, Naples. Sorry. Yes. No, no.
4: Um, so, what was it like coming to a, a contemporary setting after Tale of Tales?
2: Well, um, we were looking for a, a place that could uh, be, in a way, a set of a, a sort of a modern western, mm-hmm. so a village, uh, a, a sort of a village of frontier, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit metaphysic and uh, uh, isolated, mm-hmm. you know. That could become a sort of metaphor of the modern society. So, we 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 went back to this place that I love because I shoot I shoot there the um, Balmer in 2001 mm-hmm. and Gomorra in 2007. Mm-hmm. So it's a place very familiar for me. Mm-hmm. I love to to shoot uh, to shoot in this. Uh, sort of uh, studios in open space. Um, but it was also very important for this story to have um, a relationship very strong between Marcello and the community of the village. So it was very important to look for a place where the community is present in the life of the main character.
4: Speaking of Marcello, how did you go about casting him? Because here he's sensational. <laughs> I wasn't aware of his work.
2: Well, I, um, I met Marcello by by chance, by a coincidence, a tragic coincidence in a way, because the, the casting director went to to cast a company of theater of ex prisoner, and they were making the uh, they were working on a play in this uh, place where Marcello is a guardian. <laughs> and so, uh, one of these uh, actors uh, died during, during the rehearsal of ICTUS in the bathroom. So Marcello was always there because he was the guardian of this place. So he took his, the place of this actor and so when the casting director went to meet this company of actors, there was also Marcello inside. So that's a very uh, tragic coincidence. Yeah. And, uh, but it's true that Marcello also worked before as an actor in a small role. And he made also a movie uh, as a co-director uh, about his life. But this was the first um, opportunity for him to be the leading actor of a movie. And he was a really great, very generous human, full of uh, great uh, ideas for, for me, for the script, for the story. And so I've been lucky to meet him.
4: I think that comes through in the film, because you use a very tight camera to him, like it's always very tight to the shoulder. Was that a conscious decision when going into the shoot, or did it kind of appear with the locations and the nature of the
2: film? Well, uh, I'm I'm the cameraman of my movie, so I I like to to follow the actor, to be with them, uh, to catch moments that are unpredictable, So for me, it's like a dance when uh, I dance with the actor in the camera. So uh, they sometimes they improvise on the script, of course, Mm -hmm. and I do the same with the camera. So that's why I'm very close to them. I'm I'm the first audience Mm -hmm. of the movie. (laughs) So (laughs) I try to to be surprised Mm -hmm. and to catch some movement that uh, are uh, expressive.
4: Think with obviously previously working with actors such as Selma Hayek and Vincent Cassell, Did you learn anything working with bigger actors that then translated to kind of a more small time?
2: Well, uh, well, my my approach is st- always the same. I I ask to the actor to make a sort of a marriage between the person and the character. So I ask to the the actor to be very generous and uh, open and uh, and to live the character and the journey of the character and always to talk with me about their sensation if they they feel something out of tune in the script to talk to me and uh, I'm always open to go in the direction of uh, the feeling of the actor because the actor leaves uh, the character so they can be a very crucial test for me to see if the script that we wrote goes in the right direction or not. And Marcello, with Marcello, we change. The end of the movie, this, what, what was written in the script, was completely going in another direction. And uh, and was natural for, for us, when we, when, we, when we worked together with Marcello, it was natural for us to go in another direction. So sometimes uh, it's very important for me to shoot in sequence from the beginning of the movie, from the beginning till the end. And that's my way of work, my approach. So it doesn't matter if the actor is a star or not. It's uh, usually when a star work with me it's because he liked my work. So he he, he trusts in a way.
4: Uh, you speak of the script and I know you work with a team of collaborators what was it like coming into this film and thinking of the idea? I know it's kind of loosely based off a story like
2: a folk story that it's a true story, very dark that happened a long time ago in, in Italy but um, it's, it was just a uh, starting point an inspiration and then we, we reinvent in a way in a freely way you know, f- way more freedom for free, you know, so we, we put our imagination uh, and uh, so the the story is based on a true story, but then it became something else. Uh, yeah. I
4: think with the film, but you were a painter, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think that comes out particularly in the final. <laughs> as you said, that came out with a medium. Is it a medium-long shot that just kind of holds on the last scene?
2: Well, uh, my, my, my approach is always very visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I make a movie, it's very important for me to create a relationship with the character, mm-hmm. to love my character, to love his... Uh, is uh his journey in a way you know, so it's, but uh, at the same time it's, it's very important for me to create some a visual you know uh, to have a, a figurative idea of the movie and and work on the the light the color and, uh, and that's that's uh, of course I do this work with the people that work with me. But uh, yes, I my I was a painter before, so that's one of the mo- most important things for me in uh, when I make a movie. Yeah, I think I think they're really really. <laughs> um,
4: I know Vittorio De Sica did a film called
2: Un Purple D. Yes. And there's a little Jack Russell in that. I was <laughs> wondering if there was
4: any influences um, that you looked at because it's the Neuro style. It's so to Italian film,
2: but i don't yeah. know of and the dogs and everything like that yeah it's true that uh, well that's true that it's it's one one of the uh, well i ca- i come from the great uh, you know the great uh, school of uh, master of the italian cinema we let's, there are so many the 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 genius that the sica, or, uh, Rossellini, Visconti, Lini, and many other so uh, the, neurali- the neuralism uh, of Rossellini and the sica was for sure very important my formation on my background and uh yes uh, there is also probably some uh, connection between uh, Marcello and some character of Pasolini, also Ninetto Davoli, the characters that are still connected to a part of Italy, especially from the south, that is uh, disappearing. So Marcello comes from a poor family of farmers in the Calabria, and his face is ancient, is very, you know, is connected to another Italy that. Uh, we are losing, in a way, a part of, of it. So, but at the same time, Marcello is also a character that uh, remind me to a sort of modern Buster Keaton. For me, it was a sort of a silent movie, in a way, and it was it was very important to, to have a character that could be also comic in some way, and dramatic in other. That can have all this uh, you know different color in the interpretation and Marcello was uh, really a sort of a Buster Keaton without no to be that that's what i like it he was not uh, you know a, a caricature of him but he was uh, him who in a way without uh, the conscience to be <laughs>
4: You talk about reclaiming and the old show in Old Italy. I'm wondering, obviously you've talked about Taylor Tales, but then I know your next project is Pinocchio. Yeah. And then Tony Sevilla is
2: casting that at the uh, No, not, not anymore. No. I mean, we'll, probably it's it's possible that we will work mm. uh, together on Pinocchio, but not not he, will, he, he, he won't he will be in Geppetto for problem of period. Mm. But it's possible that he will do something else. On Pinocchio, and uh, yeah, it's uh, I I, th- I think Pinocchio is uh, is inside of um, all my movies, <laughs> you know, from Gomorra to Reality to yeah. to Dogman. There is always some aspect of, and uh, so um, finally, I I do the movie that. Uh, I made my first storyboard of Pinocchio that was six, so. <laughs> but at this, sa- yes, and I still have in front of my desk, because it's the probably my best movie. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, I know that it's a very difficult project. Uh, I know that uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's crazy to do it. I'm a little bit, uh, you know. I'm masochistic sometimes. You have to do that. <laughs> yes.
4: Um, the film is quite silent, obviously, but there's a big scene in the middle in the nightclub, which just brings the the music out of the film. Was I know you went back and composed an electronic score. What was the feel of the film before that? Because I'm curious. But what was the, the feel of the film before the music was in there? Yeah. Why are we not happy with it
2: being silent? Why did you want a score? Uh, well, the we put just some very subtle mm-hmm. element to to the second part because we I felt that in some moment we need some uh, music invisible, mm-hmm. transparent. Mm-hmm. So we 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 work. Uh, on this, trying it was very difficult to put the music on this movie, because uh, it's a movie. In a way, is so pure the character that if you go into put a music that trying to emphasize his emotion, immediately it, it, you feel that is something forced in a way, no? out of tune. So it was important to find some element, some instrument so simple, so pure, so transparent that can help the character in a way to but without to be invadent. Mm-hmm. That's why we we found this uh, mm-hmm. solution very simple just in the second part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, till the end, I was uh, really, you know, indecided mm-hmm. to to live all without music or to put just something. And uh, the end, I'm happy that it's it's uh, really invisible.
4: Yeah, it's it's of, But with that simplicity, I think that comes through in the way marcelloni's daughter interacts. Was mm-hmm. that the empathy that's produced? Yes. That, was that, that very. Self-aware to, to because
2: he's yeah, he's he's he lives a double life with his beauty and the dogs. Yes, exactly. The dog is his life, his light. And uh, and I'm also very happy that I made this movie now because uh, I start to to write the first script of this of this story twelve years ago, before Gomorrah and at that time I was not the father. And uh, I think uh, in the relationship that Marcello have with the daughter, there is a lot of my relationship, my story with my son. And uh, 12 years ago, I was not father at that time, so happy that I I made uh, the movie now by coincidence because I was working on Pinocchio and uh, and uh, I had problem with the special effect and uh, the person that was working on the Special Fed that is from England, he said that he was going to be free for work on Pinocchio in May 2018. So I said, okay, I wait for ten months that you would be free. And I had ten months free and I said, okay, let's have a look to this script that uh, is still on the my table uh, since many years and many times I changed, many times I changed the script, many times because I was changing myself. So I said, let's do it, you know, like a, a sort of training before to make Pinocchio. And sometimes, you know, when you make a movie with this approach, light and fresh, it's uh, it became something unexpected. Mm-hmm.
4: Is there any... You say there's something of you and Marcello and his daughter. Is there anything of you and Marcello and Simone? Or is that just...
2: Well, uh, when, when I when I make a movie, I, I immediately create a relationship very strong with the character I understand the character I feel part of uh, of uh, his uh, I feel part of this story I live beside him not on the top but beside him and uh, in the good moment in the in the bad moment I live beside him so it's very important, the human approach, the humanity. And the story of Marcello is the story of a, of a man that loses his innocence in the, in the relationship with, the, with him, with the, with the community, with the violence around him. So the approach, my approach is always humanistic in a way. So I like, I like to follow. The conflict, the human conflict, the labyrinth of the mind of this character, and I like also that this character is full of contradiction. In this way, I think it's uh, it's modern. You know, I'm full of contradiction. <laughs> yeah. About the
4: peacefulness that has to be um, positioned. So, uh, you, I've always seen in your films there's a lot of football and sport. You for the Roma, for
2: uh, I'm from Ro- from Roma, but it's a, it's a yeah. It's, I'm from Rome, but the, this this period is uh, we we start uh, now, but uh, the the team is not playing very well, so I'm very really yeah, sad. <laughs> Manchester City, I love it in Jacko. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Jacko is up and down. Yeah,
4: thank you very much for your time, good luck at Toronto.
2: Thank you, thank you very much.
0: So, I want to start, kick this off then with the kind of the similarities it has to Gamora, uh, which the biggest one I think is this whole almost the takedown of the gangster film in a weird way. The fact that the gangsters here aren't, they're not glamorized at all, uh, they're not really funny but they're just kind of low lives. They're, they're greasy, they're kind of like shifty and they're not cool and mm. they don't have very nice lives, whereas, like, godfather goodfellas you know these kind of hollywood mafia films there is an element of glamorization and a kind of look how cool this is and they get away with everything they have these big nice houses and these like loving families and they all have you know their friends are like their brothers and all this kind of stuff this doesn't have any of that and gomorrah doesn't either this kind of real, almost a realistic take of the gangster flick uh, mm. did you get that from this
1: film very much as well mm. I, I think it's a reflection of of the most important choice that Garoni made for this film, actually, and that's the the location, the setting, mm. um, and I think that that's what separates something like Dogman Man um, visually, um, aside from like your standard kind of gangster flick. Yeah. I think what he's done, choosing this kind of seaside location town. But not a nice seaside. It's awful. Mm. The sky is consistently brown Mm. or grey, and um, there doesn't actually seem to be any tourists there. Um, And it kind of just sucks. It's It's really really, yeah, it's a really horrible place, and it's kind of very low. You feel like it's very localized to this kind of square um, that they kind of inhabit. Mm. Um, Mm. And I think because of that, the people that you see in the film are these kind of working class people that have never managed to escape this kind of life of like semi. Mm. semi-poverty in a way and um (laughs) layering like a a gangster narrative on top of that just seems it it works it's a really smart move
3: Mm.
4: it's peculiar though the way that he plays with the setting because as you say, there's no tourists and thinking to tailor tales because it's so hard not to get that film out out of my head the way it's kind of like a strange fantasy in Mm. terms of it becomes then a parable uh, like just a timeless tale of almost like a darwinist approach so like class and and species and stuff like that. So it's it it, it fits really peculiarly into his like oeuvre, I think. Hmm.
1: It's I think that it's it's set in Rome if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, it's Naples. It's Naples. I made as this as mistake it, as yeah, well because yeah, yeah. I oh, just I thought it was, yeah. Rome. I thought it was yeah. Rome. No, cuz yeah, he says
4: okay. he says in the interview he just goes yeah, because like, I, I like talked talked to him obviously yeah, about yeah. locations, and yeah. he was just like, "No, this is this is <laughs> Naples." So. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never been to Naples, I, but I do wonder if it's an accurate representation.
3: Well, mm. I, I drove past uh, quite a lot of it because I when I was in Italy with my family, mm-hmm. um, and I was driving, and I was quite, you know, Naples. You you know, it's like kind of spoken about as mm-hmm. this Italian sort of you know, beautiful city, mm-hmm. but it isn't like that. When you when you uh, drive into Naples, mm-hmm. it's really huge Mm. and sprawling and there are lots of pockets of like dilapidated buildings Mm, and like mm. it doesn't does it looks like that so you
1: you do feel that this is a director who is working with a a location that he knows Mm. that he like has a attachment to um and i think it really shows in the Mm. way that he shoots it um kind of those wide open kind of shots things that you don't really usually get to see in gangster films that that are shot in what kind of small Confined yeah. rooms a lot of the time, like you know the, the opening scene of The Godfather. Um, so it kind of is a really nice take on the genre, I think. Um, I and mean, of course, I think it must be the first ever dog groomer we've seen at the forefront of a, of any a gangster of any <laughs> film. Yeah, maybe possibly any film. Whatsoever. <laughs> no, maybe Hotel for Dogs. <laughs>
0: um, so I'm sure this came up in the interview, but mm. the fact this is loosely based on a true
4: story. Yeah, is really which is really gratuitous yeah. to think that this actually kind of happened yeah. to a sense. But yeah, I think with uh, Marcello Fonti, I think mm. bringing him on board really developed the film further, like o- obviously, you know, based loosely on true events. Mm. But I think with bringing him in and then also, as Stephen said, kind of bringing this personal attachment to a, mm. a place, I think it removes it from, you know, being like um, a, a pure account of, of these weird, yeah. weird events. Mm.
0: Uh, so let's talk about Marcello Fonte then, who won the Best Actor Award at Cannes for his performance as Marcello. Um well deserved, I think. Very mm. well deserved. Yeah. Uh it's a really odd performance. He's a really odd character. Um But strangely
3: look, so so cinematic. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. you just wanna watch him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the way he looks and the way he talks and mm. the way he and the decisions mm. he makes as well. Yeah. It all fits together to make this weird. It's just this weird guy. Mm. Yeah, Yeah.
3: but so believable. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And so so empathetic somehow too. Like I wasn't sure when he first appeared on the screen. I didn't know, you know, you look at him and you don't know Mm. what kind of guy this is. Is he like Mm. a kind of sniveling, kind of underhanded, kind of gangster type? Mm. Or is he... You know, just a really nice guy. <laughs> and it turns out he's a really nice guy. Yeah. Like he's he he genuinely cares for his dogs. Yeah. Um his and true
3: nature comes out, I think, when yeah. he speaks to the dogs and yeah. that's where he's yeah. most comfortable. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, funny. <Bravo>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny that we kind of all we need in a film to have like empathy with a character is to see them be kind that's to yeah. a dog. Yeah, that's and true. then we're like, oh, I love this guy. I yeah, <laughs> hope nothing <laughs> happens to him. Because <laughs> that's what it's happens to dog man. You you're immediately empathetic with him because he's so patient and so yeah yeah. yeah, and, so and the way that the he dogs.
3: has time for these dogs that mm. are like are initially quite uh, well, the, f- the opening scene I think is uh, is so emblematic of the mm. of the film itself. You know, the narrative. <laughs> Still laughing, it sounds impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, because um, you know this vicious dog that he's sort of has loads of time and patience for, and he's like gentle with, and um, has they, they have that moment, and yeah. then you kind of. Feel that that's the way that he treats uh, Simone throughout yeah. the yeah. film, you know? No, absolutely.
1: Um, but he's yeah. a fa- he's a face actor, isn't he? Like, oh, he's, totally, yeah. he's he's from that great tradition of like Italian filmmaking that Fellini yeah. used to work mm. with, where he used to kind of focus a lot on on faces and somehow he used to cast the most amazing faces in his films and i think garoni has probably um gone, gone out and, and thought long and hard about what kind of face he wanted yeah. to mm. kind of be the face of dog man mm. and uh he chose <laughs> he chose something very strange but it works it, it gives it this kind of as ali was saying this kind of like uh, fantasy almost yeah, yeah. like parable like um structure to it because mm. of because of his character and how just
4: strange he is yeah
3: has he, has he acted in anything before?
4: Just, I think just a few films. yeah bits and bobs yeah. okay. but his like story previous to becoming an actor is quite tragic actually oh really yeah like went through a lot of a lot of stuff and really yeah which makes it more oh. beautiful that he's yeah. Like, yeah. blossomed into wow. dogma yeah into yeah. dogma Dog Dog yeah. yeah
3: you, you could I, I was saying to Sam yesterday that you could feel like even the character of, of Marcello He's got a past, but you don't mm. know what it is, mm. you know? You feel, no, almost true. feel like he's been abused. So he's like a, yeah. an abused dog, almost. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, just trying to, I don't know.
1: He's actually, he was actually in Gangs of New York, the Scorsese film. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, there's a picture. I him and if yeah. you want to post it to the next Twitter. Day. or oh, next, oh, yeah. next yeah. To, yeah. Standing yeah. with Leo um, when he was very, very young. Yeah. So yeah. I guess he's been working his way up to something like this for a long time. Yeah. yeah.
0: And his relationship with, uh, we've mentioned him already, Simone. Is the real crux of this film, mm. um, and Simone is this kind of—he's kind of like Jake LaMotta from Raging Bull, mm-hmm. if Jake LaMotta was even more insane
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and wanted to drive a, a red motorbike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's up and done. down, taunting <laughs> people. <laughs> oh, yeah. This says he really missed a trick—not yeah. a
1: red motorbike. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah. <clears throat> Um yeah. His character is incredible, actually. Mm. Uh, the, the 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 scene where you kind of. Um, where you understand what kind of person he is, and what and a scene that actually like scared me a little bit as well was the scene where he just smashes up the mm. the arcade oh, machine yeah, with, his yeah. head, with his head, oh, my yeah. Goes, yeah. because yeah. he just seems unstoppable. Yeah. Mm. Like the guy in the shop is yelling at him to stop, <laughs> he won't do it. Yeah. You can't reason with yeah, him. Either. He's <laughs> he's broken this this machine that must have cost a lot of money. His head's dripping with blood. He's trying to drag the machine out of the thing. <laughs> and the, the you're watching the shop owner or the, the the arcade owner or the pub owner. He had he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He's he's he knows he can't do anything else he might die. Yeah. yeah. And in that moment you're like, well this guy has a hold over this whole he place. He terrorizes everybody, everybody. Yeah. 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 And
0: he's
4: introduced
1: when they tell the story that he uh, beat up two
3: Yeah. Two Romanians. Romanians
4: and yeah. it took
0: 10 policemen to actually Take
4: him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes one further in the scene where he goes to get the the drugs, mm. oh, yeah. and, and you just think like I was expectly expecting him just to you know just to cease being a character at that point. But then yeah. he just continue continually just goes on and on and on. Yeah. And I think just simply it's weird it links again to Taylor Taylor's like the ogre in that mm, yeah. and the, the, the physicality that's present in that film mm. and then yeah. Simone here I saw like strange links yeah. between the two
3: definitely yeah Right, he almost has like super superhuman exactly, strength yeah. that he's yeah, yeah he's like this and, and you're right like where Marcello is a uh, face actor this guy's yeah. Physica- yeah. physical body is so present like the mm. way that he frames him
1: I think that if if I think I don't think uh, Eduardo Pesci is actually getting enough credit for his performance mm. playing off of oh, yeah. Fonte mm. because I think without one of them the other one doesn't quite work I think yeah. that as a duo they go they just really mm. click be- not just because of the juxtaposition between their size and their personalities, but, like, you can, you can feel their char- char- charisma-wise. Yeah. Like, one of them is, like, chatty and, like, um, you know, very, very talkative and he's got these wild eyes and the other one's just kind of dead mm. and is just this huge hawking yeah. figure. Mm. And to see that on screen, I think, is really impressive.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so one of the, I think, the most interesting things for me about the film is Marcello's character and whether he is good or whether he is opportunistic or whether he's just unlucky... Um, so you mentioned earlier from the beginning, you think he's good natured because he loves these dogs so much. And there's the scene with the, uh, the, the Pup-sicle
4: Yeah. where he, uh, Oh, good. Oh no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah No, that, that's that is, that is a really scene. brilliant scene. Yeah. yeah. And I think,
0: yeah, you've yeah
4: you, yeah, you, you constantly questioning throughout the whole scene what he's going to do. Mm. And then when he runs back in the amount of suspense that's there, so, cause you really, yeah, it's just a little like it's not a chihuahua but it's like a mix you know in terms of the <laughs> the pedigree of it yeah yeah. Like, <laughs> let's get then, that read right yeah you is, gotta, oh, it's yeah. So good, such a beautiful we're gonna scene we're going to pause podcast for 10 minutes yeah <laughs> go on the Crufts uh, or Kennel Club website yeah um, but yeah that, that scene's really really touching in the way that Ooh. I think Garoni just shoots it like from over the shoulder yeah, and doesn't yeah, it takes really you a like, while to, Yeah, to, and then yeah. thawing out a dog is mm-hmm. um, yeah, quite a cinematic experience. And yeah. he's
0: really good at showing you what Marcello's character is like and what Simone's character is like. So that Simone doesn't care that he's put a dog in a freezer, mm-hmm. probably hasn't, won't ever think of it ever again mm-hmm. in his life. Mm-hmm. Marcello has taken a lot of effort and risked a lot to go back to this house to save the dog, but also... He's let Simone get away with it and he's not mm. told Simone off for it or anything. It's just like Simone does stuff and Marcello is good natured and wants everyone to, everything to be okay without getting anyone in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's why you saw the scene where the sort of the local I guess they're kind of gangsters. the sort of the company owners in the area say we need to get rid of Simone.
1: Yeah. Mm. We need to hire
0: a hitman. Mm-hmm. And Marcello doesn't say a single word. No. Because mm. I think in that scene he's thinking I don't want anyone to die. Like I don't yeah. want anyone... I, I don't like Simone, but he's still part of this community in a way. Like Because um, we haven't mentioned that Marcello is a drug dealer. Mm. deals cocaine on the mm-hmm. site, and that's mm-hmm. how he can pay for his these extravagant holidays with his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of does it from a good place. He's not doing it out mm. of greed at the beginning. Maybe, <laughs> maybe oh, That's another issue, but... Yeah, but I, just... I think there's something about him that he's just like... Because the hit... He, he ends up saving Simone from the hitman mm. at one point. Mm. And I think... There's this part of him that is just... He's not a gangster to be a gangster. He's a gangster out of necessity. S- yeah, he situational. Doesn't want, he doesn't want the, the guns, he doesn't want the murders that comes with being a gangster. He just wants just to do the right thing all the time.
3: It's almost like secondary that these guys are gangsters. It's almost yeah. just like that's what they've got to do to sort mm. of survive. Um, and I think that, that that's kind of what Marcello is trying to do, is just kind of survive and get on with it and he just wants to be a dog groomer mm. <laughs> and live his peaceful life with mm. his daughter and i think and play yeah. play
0: five aside yeah
3: yeah exactly and yeah exactly and he, and he's built this sort of life for himself and you kind of feel very sorry for him as the film goes on because his life is just thrown upside mm. down because of Simone. but yeah i think it it's a it's a very um, essentialist you can't yeah. be so es- essentialist with it because like he's not, he's, everybody's got the capacity to be good or bad and and, you know, this film I think explores that Mm. but um, I think that yeah, you you can kind of see the deterioration of his good nature Mm -hmm. through the film and through his relationship with Simone and like, Simone doesn't have, doesn't care about the consequences as you said of anything that he does Um, whereas I think you know, yeah, Marcello's kind of trying to run around put out fires wherever Simone starts them. Well, I and but again, he's not totally um, innocent in all of it because he does make decisions that you question. I think you I know? think
1: the, the, it's it's that old kind of adage, isn't it, that like you can stand by and watch as other people get kind of taken away. But then when people come for you, there's going to be nobody left to kind of speak Mm. up for you. Mm. And that's what happens to him is he does stand by and he watches as people get hurt by Simone over and over again. Mm. And he even protects him over and over Mm -hmm. again to protect himself. And he Mm. he is living through fear. But it is a film about like how long can you kind of stand by and do nothing for before it starts to affect you. Mm. Uh, And I think that, you know, we see the... um, the last kind of 10 15 minutes of this film are the the uh, the consequences of of kind of doing that yeah. of like stepping back and letting somebody kind of walk all over you and walk over yeah. everyone else for while. All- yeah. doing it too late yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's it, when you think about it in those terms it's actually quite a sad ending yeah it's um, really sad it's an ending that for me is 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 possibly a little bit too extended but i think that's probably what Goronia was going for yeah. uh, in the sense that he wanted you to kind of live in that moment for longer than you feel comfortable with
3: yeah you know. oh, but I think it does make you question I mean in that in those quiet bits at the end it does make you kind of go through the film again and, 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 you, and unravel his choices because it is kind of his choices that got him there mm. so in the beginning you know he's part of this community and he's well respected and he's got a good reputation and then all the choices or lack of choice that he makes is also a choice I mm. guess um Gets him to the end, and mm. then he's I- totally isolated and mm. alone. Yeah, uh, and it is sad. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, and he sells it great. Uh, if, if anything, it's worth going to see this movie just for Fonte's performance. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. and movie. definitely
4: the last shot is worth seeing on the big screen oh, as oh, yeah. well because you just want to revel in that moment.
1: Mm.
0: do you think the dogs are worse trained than the humans in this film Um, oh is that that's the
1: message I suppose isn't it who are the real dogs who are the real dogs who are the real
0: dogs who should really be in the cage (laughs) 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 okay so Dog Man is out in cinemas and on Curzon Home Cinema this weekend and in cinemas now is First Man we spoke about it a few weeks ago Uh, Damien Chazelle's previous film La La Land is also available on Cousin Home Cinema as well anybody have anything they want to plug
1: Nope, no. just Good. enjoying the London Film Festival yeah. at the moment mm. yep Gotta well be to film keep five your minutes. eyes
0: open um, so we might be doing a London Film Festival uh, review show that Ooh. should come out this Sunday possibly nice uh, we'll be talking about our favourite films from the festival so do look out for that uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter Al- where Alistair is
4: at Alistair
0: Babin and
1: Stephen is <laughs> I don't have Twitter Oh, I do. do, I do. Yeah, yeah, I
4: do. Get Stephen on Letterboxd. Yeah,
1: good. yeah. Find me on letterboxd. on letterboxd. Yeah, like. find Hydrate. us all on Letterboxd. Yeah yeah yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly, what are you on Letterboxd or Twitter or whichever one you want to use?
3: Oh, Twitter, KS underscore Powell. And Letterbox. And Letterbox is Kelly P. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kelly P
3: triple E. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SamHowlett underscore one. I'm on to box, but I can't remember what my name is. I think
1: just... I think it might be Sam Howlett. Mm. Yeah? It's, uh, it's kind of you, isn't it? Just...
3: <laughs> Sam Howlett Sam underscore Hallett. one. <laughs> <laughs> a but, of, I was put a little bit of paprika on there. Just a little one at the end. little yeah. underscore one. Yeah.
0: Underscore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. And it's goodbye from Alistair. Goodbye. Goodbye from Stephen. Decci. Bravo, <laughs> bravo, amore. Goodbye from Kelly. Ciao. Uh, Goodbye from me. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Sam Howlett, and joining us this week is a man. Well, so Dog Man is a gets its title <laughs> from a man. <laughs> I'll just to that again. <laughs> I don't want to see what this is going <laughs> on. <laughs> I'm very nervous. I'm very, very nervous.
3: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery, soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,